And now, before we get into the Boochcast, I have something important I want to talk to everybody about. Recently, the wrestling world suffered a tragic loss, as well as the Bagwell family. Recently, uh, Buff Bagwell's mother, uh, Judy Bagwell, uh, passed away after a long battle with dementia and a recent battle with COVID. Now, many people know Judy Bagwell as the entertaining, spunky... Uh, fighting mom in world championship wrestling. Uh, she was known for being one half of the tag team titles with Rick Steiner. Uh, she was in the infamous Judy Bagwell on a forklift match. And she was also in Buff's Corner at Bash of the Beach 1999 during his boxing match with Roddy Piper. Uh, but she was so much more than that to the ones that knew her. Judy went out of her way for her family. And now that family wants to say a proper goodbye to the one who gave them so much. And the problem is, uh, unfortunately, the Bagwell family, as much as they've been, as hard as they've been working and as much as they've been contributing, they just don't have the necessary funds to make that happen. And anybody that knows Buff Bagwell knows he is a very uh, stubborn and prideful individual. And I don't say that to mock him in any way, shape, or form. I say that because it's the truth. And one thing that Buff and I have always been about uh, with each other and with our fans, whether it was through wrestling or the podcast or comedy or whatever we've always been about telling our fans the truth and just telling each other the truth so I know that Buff is too stubborn to ask for help. That's why uh, myself and Michael Long, who is the co-host for uh, Buff Bagwell's podcast, Rebuilding Buff, uh, the two of us have teamed up together to organize a fundraiser uh, to raise the money necessary for uh, the Judy Bagwell Funeral Fund. And all funds that we raise through this GoFundMe page will go towards giving Judy Bagwell a proper funeral and helping her husband of many years get back on his feet after a heavy loss so that's where the money is going and we are encouraging anybody out there uh, to donate whatever amount you realistically can to help us reach our goal our goal is to raise thirty thousand dollars and we are asking all the wrestling fans out there who are fans of Buff Bagwell, who are fans of Judy Bagwell, if you're a fan of the Boochcast, if you're a fan of Rebuilding Buff, we are encouraging all of you to go to GoFundMe.com slash Judy Bagwell Funeral Fund and donate whatever amount you can to help us reach this goal. Now, if you're not able to, there is no pressure. We are not pressuring anyone. We are not judging anyone. We totally understand if you can not afford to do so but just know any amount that you can donate we appreciate no amount is too small it could be ten dollars it could be twenty dollars it could be 75 it could be a hundred hell you could donate five dollars you could donate 300 it doesn't matter how much you donate any amount of money you put towards this gofundme campaign i appreciate michael appreciates and most importantly the bagwell family appreciates so the link will be posted throughout social media uh you can see them on my pages buff bagwell's pages michael long's pages uh everywhere you can go and you will be able to click the link donate what you can and help out go to gofundme.com slash judy bagwell funeral fund or go into the search bar and type in judy bagwell funeral fund and donate whatever you can to help the Bagwell family. And remember, all funds raised will go towards giving Judy Bagwell a proper funeral and helping her husband of many years get back on his feet after a heavy loss.
What's up, everybody? This is Vinny Bucci, a.k.a. The Booch, and welcome to the recap of NXT. Now, before we get into this recap, I do have to um, talk about something important here at the top of the show. The reason it has taken me this long to come out with the NXT recap. And now, before we get into the Boochcast... I have something important I want to talk to everybody about. Recently, the wrestling world suffered a tragic loss, as well as the Bagwell family. Recently, uh, Buff Bagwell's mother, uh, Judy Bagwell, uh, passed away after a long battle with dementia and a recent battle with COVID. Now, many people know Judy Bagwell as the entertaining, spunky... Uh, fighting mom in world championship wrestling. Uh, she was known for being one half of the tag team titles with Rick Steiner. Uh, she was in the infamous Judy Bagwell on a forklift match. And she was also in Buff's Corner at Bash of the Beach 1999 during his boxing match with Roddy Piper. Uh, but she was so much more than that to the ones that knew her. Judy went out of her way for her family. And now that family wants to say a proper goodbye to the one who gave them so much. And the problem is, uh, unfortunately, the Bagwell family, as much as they've been, as hard as they've been working and as much as they've been contributing, they just don't have the necessary funds to make that happen. And anybody that knows Buff Bagwell knows he is a very uh, stubborn and prideful individual. And I don't say that to mock him in any way, shape, or form. I say that because it's the truth. And one thing that Buff and I have always been about uh, with each other and with our fans, whether it was through wrestling or the podcast or comedy or whatever, we've always been about telling our fans the truth and just telling each other the truth. So I know that Buff is too stubborn to ask for help. That's why uh, myself and Michael Long, who is the co-host for uh, Buff Bagwell's podcast, Rebuilding Buff, uh, the two of us have teamed up together to organize a fundraiser uh, to raise the money necessary for uh, the Judy Bagwell Funeral Fund. And all funds that we raise through this GoFundMe page will go towards giving Judy Bagwell a proper funeral and helping her husband of many years get back on his feet after a heavy loss so that's where the money is going and we are encouraging anybody out there uh, to donate whatever amount you realistically can to help us reach our goal our goal is to raise $30,000 and we are asking all the wrestling fans out there who are fans of Buff Bagwell who are fans of Judy Bagwell if you're a fan of the Boochcast if you're a fan of Rebuilding Buff we are encouraging all of you to go to GoFundMe.com slash Judy Bagwell Funeral Fund and donate whatever amount you can to help us reach this goal. Now, if you're not able to, there is no pressure. We are not pressuring anyone. We are not judging anyone. We totally understand if you cannot afford to do so. But just know, any amount that you can donate, we appreciate. No amount is too small. It could be $10. It could be $20. It could be $75. It could be $100. Hell, you could donate $5. You could donate $300. It doesn't matter how much you donate. Any amount of money you put towards this GoFundMe campaign, I appreciate, Michael appreciates, and most importantly, the Bagwell family appreciates. So the link will be posted throughout social media. Uh, you can see them on my pages, Buff Bagwell's pages, Michael Long's pages, uh, everywhere you can go and you will be able to click the link, donate what you can and help out. Go to GoFundMe.com slash Judy Bagwell Funeral Fund or go into the search bar and type in Judy Bagwell Funeral Fund 
and donate whatever you can to help the Bagwell family. And remember, all funds raised will go towards giving Judy Bagwell a proper funeral and helping her husband of many years get back on his feet after a heavy loss. Is because over the last couple of days, and in a lot of ways I still am, I've been dealing with a uh, head cold. I've been sick the last couple of days. Now the reason I haven't mentioned this online or anywhere like I normally would, because some and the, back in the day I used to, anytime I was ill or wasn't feeling well, I would put that out there as a way to let people know, hey, here's why I'm not doing the show. But because COVID is still alive and well and everyone's still scared and worried and panicking, I don't do that anymore. Because now, anytime someone is sick, they automatically assume that you have COVID. And I don't want people out there freaking out, thinking the booch has COVID. I don't have COVID. It's just a fucking head cold. And the reason I know that is because for the last several years, at least a decade, I've often gotten sick around this time. I basically get sick at least twice a year. And it's usually when the seasons change. When the winter rolls around, there's going to be a period of time in the winter, where it's in the beginning, the middle, or the end. At some point in the winter, I'm going to get sick with a head cold. Doesn't matter what I do, doesn't matter what I say, doesn't matter how I'm dressed, I will get a head cold at some point. But the good news is, eventually, it will pass. The other the other time of the year that I get sick is in the spring because of pollen, because I'm allergic to pollen. So when the pollen count is really, really high, it fucks with my sinuses, and I get fucking head colds, and I sneeze, and I cough and phlegm comes up and nasty shit tends to happen to me but eventually it passes I just gotta take some medicine and when I get some free time eventually lay down in bed and I'll be fine and because I don't have anything basically planned for the weekend except for a nail soap opera moment podcast on Saturday night and the live stream of WWE Survivor Series Sunday night that means during the day and the afternoon I can stay in bed I can take medicine I can recuperate and hopefully by Monday be up and ready and rare to go because I still have to go to work so I still got Friday to get through because the time that I'm recording this it is actually midnight on Friday so I gotta get through work at HVMA then I gotta help out Buff Bagwell later in the day and then once I'm done with both those things I can come home get some sleep get some rest and be ready to get back to work to both jobs on Monday so that's basically what's been going on and in case you're wondering yes that is the reason I chose the intro song that I chose uh, for the beginning of the show instead of doing the usual theme song song, I chose Bad Medicine by Bon Jovi uh, to commemorate the fact that I am dealing with a head cold. Your love is like bad medicine. Bad medicine is what I need. Oh, shake it up just like bad medicine. There ain't no doctor that can cure my disease. And that's true because most of the stuff I buy is over the counter and that's how I fix this shit. But enough about me. This episode ain't about me and my illnesses. This episode is about Annex and we're going to jump into it right now. We're going to kick things off with our first official match of the evening, Tony D'Angelo versus Dexter Loomis. This was a fantastic opening match. I loved every second of this match. I especially loved uh, the fact that when Dexter Loomis came out, he revealed a drawing of D'Angelo 
sleeping with the fishes. It was basically uh, Tony in a bed at the bottom of the ocean, spooning with a fish while other fishes were around him and some were even sleeping in the bed. I thought that was hilarious. I love it. It's a playoff of an Italian phrase. You're going to sleep with the fishes. It also plays off the fact that he gave a dead fish uh, to Indy Hartwell. So Dexter Loomis uh, has an incredible match and I love it because there was psychology. There was storytelling. There was working. They didn't have to do very much. You know, these were two guys who were so deeply immersed in wrestling psychology that they didn't even have to do a whole lot of wrestling. And when they did do wrestling, every move they did made sense, made an impact, and it hurt. In the end, D'Angelo stuns Loomis on the top rope. He then pokes Loomis in the eye, hits his finisher for the one, two, three. The winner of the match, Tony D'Angelo. I loved it. Tony D'Angelo gets the win. He cheats like a natural heel. This was this was old school great wrestling, and it proves that there's still a place for this in wrestling, and it proves that it's way better and way more entertaining than all the spot monkey bullshit that they try to spew out in other companies. Then, of course, after the match, Carmelo Hayes and Trick Williams attack Loomis. Williams traps Loomis's hand in a chair. Hayes dies off the second rope and stomps on the chair. John Gagano runs down to the ring to make the save. Now, obviously, they're trying to set up a match uh, between the two of them, uh, Johnny Gargano and Carmelo Hayes. So this is a good way to do that. Next, Gargano grabs the microphone and says it's personal now, and he wants Hayes in the ring tonight. Pete Dunn walks out and says Gargano isn't going to weasel his way into a title shot. Hayes and Williams appear in the crowd. Uh, Williams calls Dunn and Gargano dwarfs. He says he'll take on Dunn and Gargano next week, and he'll put his title on the line. He says because when Carmelo shoots, he don't miss. And Johnny Gargano says that he's been in this business, or he's been in NXT for five years, and he says this is a match you won't want to miss. Now, here's my issue. Because you know at some point, whenever I talk wrestling, I'm going to have an issue with something at some point. And here it is. Why the fuck is this match happening next week? Please explain. I would like to hear somebody tell me why you are giving away a triple threat match for the North American Championship on free TV when on December 5th, you've already announced there's a pay-per-view called War Games. Does this make sense to fucking anyone? Why are you giving away solid matches on free TV with a pay-per-view right around the corner? Now, I can understand if there was no takeover happening, if nothing was scheduled for the next couple weeks, and you wanted to have the match on free TV, fine. But you literally advertise a takeover. And AEW does this too, but NXT is just as guilty. So this shows that I'm not biased. I can fuck with both sides when they do dumb shit like this. Why are you advertising a pay-per-view and then taking a big money-making match and putting it on free TV weeks before the pay-per-view? That makes no business sense whatsoever. None. This is dumb. This is stupid. And if there's a clean-cut winner at the end of this, then you've basically fucked your pay-per-view. Unless you're going to put these guys in a War Games match, and I wouldn't understand for the life of me why the fuck you would, because it wouldn't make sense, because Pete Dunne's cronies are all fucking gone. One's on the main roster, one got released, and the other one is dicking around the NXT locker room. So you got nothing here. Nothing. You have nothing to bring to the table. So you might as well put them in a triple threat match on your pay-per-view. Because then we could create the illusion that 
that there might just be a title change. Because I don't see Carmelo Hayes losing the title anytime soon. Even though both these guys would be deserving of that belt. Johnny Gargano, I think, would be perfect for that title. Pete Dunne, I think, would be perfect for the title. God knows I've been waiting for Pete Dunne to get a singles title that wasn't the UK Championship. He's definitely ready for a singles title run. Johnny Gargano has already been the North American Champion, but he could bring some star power to it since it looks like him and Tommaso ain't getting back together anytime soon, although I think it would be perfect, especially what happens with Tommaso later on, but it just pisses me off they give this shit away for free. It's stupid. But anyway, on that note, we move on to the next match of the evening. We even want to call it that. Uh, Diamond Mine versus Odyssey Jones and Jacket Time. Unfortunately, yes. We can call this a match, but this match was fucking retarded. This was stupid. This Jacket Time gimmick is the dumbest fucking thing I've seen on NXT. Not to the back. It's the second dumbest thing I've seen on NXT. I'll mention what the first one is a little bit later. Actually, it happens right after this, so we'll get to the number one thing I fucking hate. That's fucking weird, but this is the second weirdest shit. It's dumb. This does nothing. So, basically, at one point, Jiro is hitting one of the Kree brothers with his jacket. Instead of throwing punches or forearms or clotheslines, he's doing all this shit while holding open his fucking jacket. Not taking off his jacket and wrapping around his fist. No, he literally opens up his jacket and hits the other person. Am I missing something? Does he have some type of metal in his jacket that's actually going to hurt him? Like, there's like some type of weighted thing in there, like lead, that when it hits him, it actually hurts? Because if you're hitting somebody with your jacket and you're selling it like it really hurts, you're a pussy. Again, this is the second dumbest thing I've seen in NXT. This match goes on longer than it should have. In the end, uh, Odyssey Jones gets attacked. He flattens Roderick Strong with a glow cross body. He gets the one, two, three. The winners of the match, Odyssey Jones and Jacket Time. What the fuck did this accomplish? Really, what did it accomplish? The only person in Diamond Mine with a title is Roderick Strong. Odyssey Jones is not a fucking cruiserweight, so he can't fight for the fucking title. I mean, is this for Kushida to try to get the title back? Because I didn't like it when he had it the first time. Sure as fuck don't want to see him with it the second time. I'm not interested in seeing Jiro with the belt. He's a fucking comedy joke. What is the point of this match? You know what it is? It's filler. That's all this is. This is filler and a waste of fucking time. And I'm done talking about it. Then we cut to MSK. The first stupid thing. This is number one. Dumbest shit. On their journey to find the shaman. Of all the people that keep getting released by WWE, why are these two fucks still here? They literally bring nothing to the table. They are so easily replaceable. They're in an airport and people are walking past them to get to the gate. Here's the thing. If you want me to believe that a wrestler is a star and worth a damn, at least hire somebody as a paid actor, I don't give a fuck what it is, to run over and say hi. If you're in an airport talking and people are just walking right past you, that means you're fucking normal. That means you're fucking nobody. That means there's no reason to fucking deal with you. It's like the old Walmart uh, scenario that Buff likes to talk about. Take a wrestler, take off all their memorabilia that makes them look like a wrestler, just put them in regular street clothes and walk them around Walmart and see how many people stop them and ask for autographs. If you get a lot, you're a star. If you don't get any, you ain't worth a damn. MSK, basically this shows they're not worth a damn, which I knew that the second they first stepped into NXT, but all this segment did was validate that. I don't know who this shaman is, and I don't give a fuck. The only thing I can think of is maybe it's Papa Shango, but if this shaman ends up not being Papa Shango, then this is a waste of fucking time. And on that note, we move on to the next match of the evening, if we even want to call it that. Zion Quinn versus Andre Chase. And the answer is no. 
I'm not calling this a match. I'm calling this another waste of fucking time. This was a piss poor fucking match. Nothing I saw in this match was believable. I saw Andre try to do some chain wrestling and trip up Zion Quinn. And that was the weakest trip up I've ever seen a wrestler do. I know you're not supposed to really trip the guy. He's supposed to fall with you and, ma and make it look good. But you can at least make it hit him a little harder. Make it a tent that you're actually tripping him. Don't just fucking tap his leg. And then Zion Quinn goes down. It makes Andre look stupid. It makes Zion look like a pussy. And it makes the whole match look fake. That was dumb. Fucking dumb. And then Quinn hits a suplex for the win. Zion wins the match. After the match, Legado Del Fantasma attacks him from behind. Wild Escobar and Mendoza hold Quinn as Electra Lopez delivers a message. No one says no to Electra Lopez. And then Quinn is slammed on a metal plated walkway. Now, I will say this. The beatdown was the best part of this whole segment because it was the only thing that looked real. Like, Wild and Mendoza are not strong enough to beat up Sion Quinn. He could easily beat them up by himself. But then Santos hitting him from behind and the three of them jumping him, that was believable. It got good until Electra Lopez looked at him and said, no one says no to Electra Lopez. Now, when I heard that, I'm thinking one of two things. Either A, the writers are fucking retarded, or B, Electra is a psycho bitch who hears only what she wants to hear like most psycho bitches do. They twist things around, put words in your mouth, and make you believe you said things that you didn't fucking say. Because if anyone remembers, Zion Quinn made it very clear that he likes Electra Lopez. It's Legato he doesn't want to get down with. So he said no to Legato, not no to Electra Lopez. So for Electra Lopez to want to see... Zion Quinn get his ass kicked looks fucking stupid because there's clearly sexual tension between them. To kill that off would kill the whole storyline. It should be Electra Lopez finding Zion Quinn attractive, Zion being clear that he finds Electra attractive, and having Electra, you know, go through her emotions and decide, should I stay with Legato or go with Zion? I would rather see that. I would rather see Legato Del Fantasma beat the shit out of Zion Quinn week after week and have Electra Lopez be conflicted. And then at some point, it culminates to Electra leaving Legato Del Fantasma and going off with Zion Quinn. It's another one of those classic love stories that WWE can do. They've done it with Indy and Dexter, and it works if the story's told right. But unfortunately, no one wants to put in the time and effort, so we see stupid shit like this. Next, we cut to uh, Raquel Gonzalez, who plans to be take out Dakota Kai. She says, make sure you bring that sho shovel, Chiquita, because I'm going to bury you with it. I love that line. I thought that was very well done. Because burial is something that wrestling fans are very familiar with, because sometimes we throw that word around too much. But either way, great promo. Love Raquel Gonzalez. She is so fucking talented, it's insane how good she is. I have all the respect in the world for her. Then, on that note, we move on to the next moment here. We got the Poker Showdown. Cameron Grimes versus Duke Hudson. Hudson tells Grimes that he's gonna make him his bitch. Grimes likes his cards and bets 500 on the first deal. Hudson ups the ante and makes it 1,000. Grimes calls it. The flop is laid. Grimes is holding a king and a three of spades. Hudson has three of a climb. Flop five of hearts, jack of hearts, ten of hearts. And Hudson has the five of clubs and the five of diamonds. So he had a pair of fives to start with. Now he's got three of a kind. The pot is now at the 10K. Hudson asks the crowd to be quiet. Hudson has the high card. The river is a seven of hearts. The pot is now up to 18K with Hudson's last call. Grime gives Hudson a speech about dropping the ball and how now is his chance to change all of that. Now is Hudson's chance to show how big his balls are. Grime 
Grimes goes all in. Hudson is livid. Grimes wants to know if Hudson's got raisins or grapefruits for balls. Hudson says he's not falling for Grimes' games again, and he folds. Grimes wins the hand. Hudson demands to see Grimes' cards. Grimes laughs and starts another You Got Played chant. Hudson boots Grimes in the face. Hudson powerbombs Grimes through the poker table. As Grimes is out of the ring, Hudson pulls a toolbox from under the ring. Hudson pulls out a pair of scissors and cuts Grimes' beard and some of his hair. I loved this segment. I was on the edge of my seat the entire time. Very rarely does a segment like this keep me on the edge. But I remember sitting there screaming at the TV going, Don't you fucking fold. Don't you fucking fold. Fold, don't you fucking fold. And he folded and I went, motherfucker. I was great. I love this segment. I love this rivalry. I'm basically getting excited again after seeing so much stupid shit earlier. So now we move on. We see Von Wagner teaming up with uh, Kyle O'Reilly next. Uh, basically, Kyle was mentioning the fact that um, Von Wagner was on SmackDown as uh, Adam Pierce's bodyguard, which I thought that was him, but I couldn't tell. He said SmackDown was SmackDown. Tonight's all about NXT. And we move on to the next match of the evening. We got some tag team action. Kyle O'Reilly and Von Wagner versus Briggs and Jensen. Now, this is the part of the show where a lot of you are wondering, Booch, shouldn't this be the part where you say, if you want to call it that? And you're right, it is, because it wasn't really. I will say, Briggs and Jensen worked over O'Reilly pretty good, and then he O'Reilly tags in, and um, and in comes Briggs, and Briggs just ta- beats everybody up. O'Reilly tags back in, lands a few kicks. Briggs boots O'Reilly in the face. Um, Briggs and Jensen take turns working over O'Reilly. Imperial watching backstage. O'Reilly manages to tag Wagner, who hits his finish on Jensen for the win. So we get a pretty good solid tag match here. It was really good. And of course, um, you know, uh, Imperium's watching and they say a bunch of stuff in their language and basically are saying that they're not intimidated by any of the tag teams in NXT. And then we see Indy Hartwell backstage um, because we all know that uh, Persia Parati uh, is in a handicap match um, next. And she basically tells Indy to stand by her man and I'll take care of this because she doesn't want to leave Dexter by, her, by himself because she's concerned. So she goes in to check. On him. Now, granted, Johnny Gargano's there, but she still wants to be there for her husband. So then we cut to lashing out with Lash Legend. Uh, Lash says Kaylee Ray is bold as hell for interrupting Toxic Attraction last week. Uh, Grayson Waller bursts in and says he has some tea to spill. He doesn't care if people don't like him because he doesn't. He didn't pay his dues. Waller doesn't care about the veterans in NXT. The game has changed and it's his now. And he's basically talking about social media and followers and all that. And here's the thing: I didn't expect Grayson Waller to be a heel, but if he's gonna be a heel. This is the best way to go about it because if there's one thing that pisses off wrestlers and wrestling fans, it's a guy who doesn't pay their dues. It's a guy who circumvents the grind and the work and talks about, you know, I didn't wrestle in indie shows for a hot dog and a handshake. You know, and he talks about how the followers he has. And here's the thing. As a comedian, I've seen a lot of comics who have that kind of attitude. And I fucking hate them. I hate them more than other comics do. So this is a great heel gimmick for Grayson Waller to play. And it allows him to show another side of his personality because he's been pretty much a babyface during his feud with LA Knight. So now we get to see this heel side of him. I love it. And on that note, we move on to the next match of the evening. If we want to call it that, Persia Parada versus local talent. Parada basically destroys both these 
bitches. Robert Stone walks down to the ring to watch the match. Brody hits a double Samoan drop, followed by a modified F5, gets the win. She dominates. That's it. Dakota Kai basically has her eyes on the real prize, which is the NXT Women's Championship. Uh, she's looking to get rid of Raquel Gonzalez and basically toss like a psycho the whole gimmick, which is fucking weird for Dakota Kai to play a gimmick like this. I don't think it suits her. I think she's trying way too hard, and it's just not entertaining. So next, we cut to an in-ring segment with Tommaso Ciampa. Tommaso Ciampa says he wants to address the locker room. You have someone like Melo Hayes coming out here weekly pretending to be the age champion. Ciampa starts in on Grayson Waller, but Braun Breaker interrupts. Breaker says the only thing Ciampa should be worried about is him. Breaker's going to run through him and take the NXT Championship. Ciampa says Breaker needs a reminder. Ciampa asks the guy in the truck to pull up the ending to their match at Halloween Havoc. Ciampa says Breaker has less than a 33 and a third chance of taking the belt off of him. Breaker is just a puppy and Ciampa is the NXT Champion. Ciampa, Ciampa drops the mic and walks away. I loved the Steiner Math reference. For those of you who don't know, you definitely gotta look it up on YouTube. But basically, here's how it goes. This was when uh, Scott Steiner had an infamous Steiner Math promo in TNA where he talked about his chan- uh, Samoa Joe's chances of winning at Sacrifice. They were in a triple threat match, him against Joe, against Angle. And he said, you know, they say all men are created equal, but you look at me, and you look at Samoa Joe, and you can see that statement is not true. See, normally if you go one-on-one with another wrestler, you got a 50-50 chance of winning. But I'm a genetic freak, and I'm not normal. So you got a 25% at best at beating me. And then you add Kurt Angle to the mix, the chances of winning drastically go down. See, the three-way at Sacrifice, you got a 33 and a third chance of winning. But I, I got a 66 and two-thirds chance of winning. Because Kurt Angle knows he can't beat me, and he's not even going to try. So Samoa Joe, you take your 33 and a third chance, minus my 25% chance, and you got an eight and a third chance of winning at Sacrifice. Then you take my 75% chance of winning, if I was to go one, if we was to go one-on-one, and then add 66 and two-thirds percent. I got a 140 and two-thirds chance of winning at Sacrifice. See, Samoa Joe, the numbers don't lie, and they spell disaster for you at Sacrifice. It's a phenomenal fucking promo, and to this day, it's one of Steiner's best. So when Steiner does a Steiner math, he does it at almost every indie show now because he knows fans will pop for it. It's awesome. I love that 33 and a third chance reference. It does reference the fact that Ciampa is related to the Steiner family. Now, granted, Scott Steiner is his uncle, not his father, but because Scott Steiner is more famous than Rick Steiner and more talented and more professional, I, I like the fact that Steiner, Scott Steiner got the reference here. But either way, uh, I don't know if Braun Breaker's going to get another shot at the title anytime soon. I'm not, I don't think he should. I mean, he already lost clean once. Why would I want to see the match again? Let's get some new blood. Let's get some other challengers. And then maybe someday down the road, Braun Breaker can get another shot and win. But I'm not in a rush to see him with the belt anytime soon. And on that note, we move on to the main event of the evening. We have Dakota Kai versus Raquel Gonzalez. This was a violent fucking match. And it was awesome. This was women's wrestling. This was back and forth action. This was brutal. It was personal. It was everything that a big fight should be. Everything. And then, of course... In the end, Toxic Attraction interferes and attacks Gonzalez from behind, causing a disqualification, and Raquel Gonzalez wins via DQ. Which means this rivalry is far from over, which is good, because I wouldn't want to see a great match like this be given away on free fucking TV. But then after the bell, uh, Mandy Rose, Gigi Dolan, and JC Jane attack Gonzalez, a triple teamer. Dakota Kai joins in, so now the four of them whoop their ass. Rose ends up dropping Jade with a clothesline. Jade is triple teamed. Now, as Kai applies submission to Gonzalez and Rose stomps on her. The music hits and out comes the injured Zoe Stark wearing a leg brace and using crutches. She stops
spots on the entranceway, but the music hits and out comes Io Shirai. Shirai hits the ring with one of Starts, crutches, and unloads. Fans go wild for Shirai. Kai hits Shirai with Jay's skateboard, but the chaos keeps going. So now we got Cora Jade out there. Everybody's fighting. You know, Gonzalez gets back involved, dumping Kai to the apron. It sounds like a boring chant may have started up amid the chaos, which is true because this match was getting pretty boring. This beatdown was getting pretty boring because, you know, nothing made sense. And then Gonzalez scoops Dolan using her knock Kai off the apron to the floor, which I thought was very sloppy. Jay Gonzalez and Shirai stand tall in the ring as fans chant NXT. Tossing attraction and Kyra down on the floor. Shirai takes the mic and yells out, War Games, to apparently set up the women's War Games match for NXT next month. And then NXT goes off the air. So, at least they're establishing the women's War Games. But here's the question. Uh, is Zoe Stark going to be medically cleared by War Games to compete? Or are they going to need a fourth female? And what the fuck is the male War Games going to be? Like, none of this makes any fucking sense. I don't know what the fuck is going on anymore. And also, why is William Regal not out here to scream, War Games! Did he get released? Did we lose William Regal? Because Io Shirai's screaming it don't make a lick of goddamn sense. Everybody wants to hear William Regal scream it. So if he's not released, bring his ass out here and let him fucking do it. Or did he quit as general manager and nobody fucking told us? I'd like to know. But either way, NXT was a decent show overall. There were some good moments, but a lot of other moments just really fucking sucked. And I'm hoping that they will do better uh, in the coming weeks. But it's very rare that I get disappointed in an NXT show. And overall, I was disappointed in this show. Like I said, there were good moments, but the bad moments outweighed them. And that, ladies and gentlemen, wrap up this week's episode of the Boochcast. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Uh, make sure you guys are following us on Anchor, Spotify, Breaker, and Google Podcasts. Uh, pick your favorite hosting site and follow us there, or be a super fan and follow us on all four hosting sites. Also, like us on Facebook. Go to facebook.com slash theboochcast. We have archived episodes of the show, as well as great content. Uh, we recently posted our newest episode of Dark Side of the Ring uh, with Becoming Warrior. Uh, also, we're going to be having the uh, male soap opera moment will be coming uh, early Sunday morning. Uh, it should be coming out. Uh, we're going to be taping it Saturday night as I mentioned before. Uh, also, be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at the Boochcast. It lays tweets, photos, and videos. Also, be sure to subscribe to the YouTube channel. Uh, we're going to be uh, got brand new episodes of Dark Side of the Ring are definitely going to be coming soon. Also, we got a big uh, Thanksgiving video is going to be coming out. Uh, I put a Thanksgiving video together. It's going to be hilarious. Make sure you guys check that out as well. And of course, we got our archive watch parties, our D&D one shot, other funny skits for you guys to check out. So make sure you hit the subscribe button and ring that bell to be notified so you can check out all the content we have currently on there as well as new content coming soon. Also, be sure to follow us on Twitch. Go to twitch.tv slash theboochcast. That's where we do our live wrestling watch parties. Our next watch party will be this Sunday, November 21st, for WWE Survivor Series. That's right. We're going to be live for the Survivor Series taking place at 8 p.m. At 7 p.m., we'll have the special treat. The bootleg link will be available on the Twitter page at the Boochcast. Make sure you're following us there if you're not already. Check out the special treat. Turn the volume down the special treat. Turn the volume up on the Twitch, and enjoy the watch party experience with us. Sunday, 8 p.m., November 21st on Twitch. Also, we got our live D&D show that's still in the works and will be coming soon, and Elvis has a gaming show that he'll be bringing to you guys very soon once we're able to give him the information he can set up Twitch and start gaming. So, be on the lookout, all the Twitch content. Follow us. And finally, go to anchor.fm slash theboochcast slash support. Become a supporter of the Boochcast. Support this podcast with a small monthly donation to help 
help sustain future episodes. We have three different levels you can contribute at, all with prizes coming soon. The first level you can contribute at is 99 cents per month. That's it. Just 99 cents per month, and you can help us grow the Boochcast and make it successful. The second level you can donate at is $4.99 per month. Same amount of money we normally would pay for a Peacock subscription. I know a lot of you guys aren't fans of the Peacock. So instead of giving them the money, bring the money over here. We got better content than the Peacock anyway. And we got the third and final level you can donate at, which is for a mere $9.99. That's right. Same amount of money we used to pay for a WWE Network subscription here in the United States. Ever since the Peacock bought it, we've had no place to put the $9.99. Take that $9.99, bring it over here. We got better content than the network anyway. And the best part is all the money that we raise for this show goes back into the show in some capacity. It allows us to uh, upgrade our equipment, bring in bigger name guests, pay our bills, and allows me to take care of all the guys who work very hard on the air and off the air to make the Boochcast successful. So if you got a favorite co-host, you believe they deserve to be paid for their work, anchor.fm slash the Boochcast slash support is how you make that happen. And if we have any money whatsoever left over, we use the rest of it to feed Zach ramen noodles and try to get him laid. And until next time, this is Vinny Bucci, aka The Booch, saying keep on living life and take care. This has been The Booch Cast. We'll talk to you guys next time. Until then, pizza, baby! Well, I see by the clock on a wall that it's time to bid you one and all. Goodbye. Goodbye. So long. So long. Farewell. Farewell. Adieu. Adieu. Be good. Stay well. Bye-bye. Keep warm. Relax. And eat. Take care. Stay loose. Adieu, mon vieux. A la prochaine. Goodbye till when we meet again.